This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. This is Straight Fire for Friday, November 26th. I hope everybody had a tremendous Thanksgiving. Lots to be thankful for. A lot of food to eat. A lot of family to hang with or Friendsgiving, whatever you guys, however you celebrate it. Hope it was good. The football was, <laughs> well, there were two interesting games. The nightcap stunk, but that was the bet we gave out uh, on, what was it, Tuesday's pod? I've already forgot. Tuesday's pod. Told you. The Buffalo Bills were the one side I really liked. I loaded up on them in Survivor, and I know you guys want. Before I even tell you about our guest today, or the fact that I'll be hosting the Dan Patrick Show this morning from 9 a.m. to 12 noon, um, I got to tell you about Survivor. The Buffalo Bills were my pick. Uh, I was nervous about it. It, it. You know, I thought about the Cowboys. I was like, no way. I can't trust Dallas. And I went with Buffalo coming off the loss. Easy winner. So in the Survivor contest, remember, there's 2,460 people or whatever the number is. Um, 12 of them or something had Dallas. So it's down to 48. I'm one of the 48 left, supposedly, Again, according to someone who played in it last year, the winner gets $82,000 or somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, they're already talking about, hey, you know, if you're in the final 10, would you split it up? I, I'm not willing to go there yet, but Buffalo, I'm in the clear. I think a lot of people, they don't show the picks of everyone else, so I don't really know who people could have gone with other than Dallas or Buffalo, the biggest spreads this week. I'm assuming a lot of Patriots. I've burned them, so I don't know. Next week is Dicey. Um, I'll already tell you right now, I haven't used the Eagles and they are playing at the Jets. They will be going, I believe, back to the Meadowlands. And I have a feeling when you get to our guest, Alan Berg later, uh, he sets line for win bet. Um, he talks a lot about this Eagles Giants game. I know everybody's going to say Eagles smash spot favored by three and a half. Just listen to what he says. Okay. This is a dangerous spot for the Eagles. And I think if they lose, I think I'll almost certain, and there's no major injuries, I would almost certainly take them next week against the Jets. The look-ahead line has them six and a half. That's probably going to be the biggest line I have. Now, there are some big lines, but they're teams that nobody has. And now I've said too much about Survivor and not enough about Thanksgiving and um, the Dallas Cowboys game, which you have to start with today, right? I mean, what a, just such a bad look for the league. So think about this. Everybody's at home on Thanksgiving Day, watching football. And even if you're not a huge NFL fan, you're sucked into football around the family and you're at least checking it out. And what product do you get? You get one of the most heavily penalized games in the last 18 years in the NFL. I mean, it was really bad, including the decisive pass interference flag on the kid Anthony Brown, who had a nightmare day. Poor guy's going to wake up today. Hope people aren't inundating him on social media. He had four pass interference penalties. The last one was a killer on third and 18. I don't know how you can throw that flag. They've looked at it like the Zapruder film, 15 different angles. I'm sorry. I didn't think it was a penalty. Now, again, I just talked about Survivor. A lot of people had Dallas, so I wasn't torn up about it. But the reality is this was the most penalties, 28 penalties in a game in the last five years. So think about it. About 30 million people watching this game, and they treat, they're treated to the most penalties in a game in the last five years. The yardage, 276 yards, third most penalty yards in a game in the last decade. And then the other stat, this is the first NFL game in 18 years in which both, had, both teams had 14 or more penalties and 100 or more yards. Like, it, it was ugly. 
seemed like there was a holding an important PI on every play. And I'm not going to break out the rule book and read it on the Anthony Brown decisive PI. But essentially, he had his back to the ball. And in college football, if you don't turn around, that's an automatic flag. But in the NFL, it's not an automatic flag. And the only reason there was contact was because it was underthrown. And you can see the receiver. I think it's Zay Jones who drew more flags. He drew flags like he was Jerry Rice. It was comical. And he got me threw it at him. Cowboy defender nearby. It was like a flag. And Zay Jones actually pulls him in. Brown puts his arms up like, I'm not touching him. I know there's contact going to happen. I'm not touching him. And they still threw the flag. I mean, it's really bad. Everybody complained afterward. I mean, if you're a Raider fan like Rob G is, you got to be excited. The Raiders saved their season. And frankly, I don't even know how they did it other than penalties because they didn't look particularly sharp. The Dallas offense was the story. Without CeeDee Lamb, without Amari Cooper. And I, I listen, I know people, people don't want to make this a COVID discussion, but Amari Cooper not being vaccinated was a killer. You're automatically out 10 days. And given the Thanksgiving week, you're missing two days, two games. That's just that's just harsh. When you're a team looking to lock up a division and maybe the number one seed, I think you could forget the number one seed now. They've lost three or four. And so Amari Cooper not being vaccinated and then the and then COVID spreads in the room, the wide receiver room. And uh, another guy had it. He was a little further down the um, depth chart. But then you toss in the, uh, the C.D. Lamb concussion and it's like, you know, Michael Gallup had a good game. Cedric Wilson had 10 targets. Uh, Noah Brown was solid. Uh, Schultz had an okay game. What I didn't understand was the excessive use of Zeke Elliott coming in on with a bum wheel, had double the amount of targets that Tony Pollard did. And I'm not just saying this because I have Tony Pollard in like a bunch of fantasy teams. With my, my son has Tony Pollard as well. And Pollard is way more explosive, far more dynamic, ran the kickoff back for the touchdown, had another touchdown call, uh, call back. Um, well, they called down at the one and then they handed it to Zeke, which is a joke. But I, I don't understand all these short dump offs to Zeke in overtime. You know, you start with a penalty on the kickoff. First down, check down to Zeke for like two yards. Screen pass to Zeke for like one yard. And then the incompletion, it's like you got a punt and that's your offense? You're going screen to a guy who's injured, back to a guy who's injured, and then... Uh, I think the other pass was to Noah Brown. I didn't understand that at all. Uh, very curious play calls by the Cowboys. And this one has to hurt, man. Da- Listen, Dallas is, they're in good shape to get to the playoffs, but they're no they're not a lock. Folks, they now have three straight road games. They, at the Saints, who are reeling. At Washington, we'll see. And at the Giants, okay? They still have to play Washington again after that, and the Cardinals and the Eagles. And what was a seven and one? St- I think it was seven and one, right? No, I'm sorry, six and one. They were six and one cruising, and then they hit that Broncos snag, the Tyron Smith injury, the loss to the Chiefs, and now the receivers are beat up. Well, they better get healthy quickly because they play the Saints next Thursday, I believe. And if they don't have Lamb and Cooper back, I know that I know the Saints aren't aren't very good, but their run defense is strong. And now you got Dak kind of a sitting duck in the pocket. I'm starting to. I think it's okay to. Be a little nervous for the Cowboys. As for the Detroit Lions, I'm not going to spend too much time on this. Matt Campbell, no, I'm sorry, Matt Campbell, the the Iowa State coach who's being talked about potentially going to uh, USC. Dan Campbell of the Lions had built up some equity this year with fans. Like, oh man, he's got them playing hard. They nearly beat the Ravens. Look at that fight they displayed um, in in, uh, a couple other games. And they nearly beat the Rams. They covered, they covered the spread. I think they're six and four against the spread or something. 
and they tied Pittsburgh. That final two minutes. Again, national TV game, island game. And the way he was calling his timeouts or not calling them, it's just an embarrassment. And even even on like, what was it, third and four? Inside the 15-yard line? And they're playing, like the cornerbacks are 10 yards off, so just giving up the reception? Like what? The Bears were not going to look in the end zone. They just wanted to get the first down, take a knee, set up the field goal, and get the hell out of there. And that's what they did. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm not into firing coaches after a year. You don't want to become the Cleveland Browns and get on that cycle. <coughs> but man, that was just not pretty from Detroit. They're now 0-10-1. Nagy lives another day. I, <laughs> I don't know how they're doing that. Um, they were they, they did not look good for large stretches of that game, but they got the W. And of course, the Saints... Um, in primetime, kind of got smashed there. A good, good winning bet for us. If you heard Tuesday's pod, uh, a nice winner. Saints have now lost four in a row. They're five and six on the outside looking in for the playoffs. And the beauty of it is that I had them season win total under for the Saints. And the reality is, you know, this team probably was going to hit it if James Winston had stayed healthy. And I got a little lucky that he didn't. Um, but without further ado, let's get to our guest who will help set up week 11. I'm oh, sorry, week 12 in the NFL. Allen Berg, the head trader for WinBet. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy knows another guy all right let's welcome into straight fire a senior trading partner from WinBet. his name is alan berg all these lines are being set around the country this is the guy you need to talk to how are you man <laughs> doing great man how are you i'm excellent you know thanksgiving week um i'm sure it's a busy time with the public having it safe for sure right alan this is a week where you're hanging out with your family so what are you going to do go on your phone and gamble obviously right Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, who wants to talk to their family, right? You got to you got to bet the games instead. It's more. Yeah, fun. yeah. So we're, I'm not going to do any college football. There, there are some good games this weekend. Obviously, rivalry weekend. I, I just wanted quickly to hit on Ohio State, Michigan. I am curious. I thought the line was a little short. Uh, everybody and their mom thought this was going to open out oh, 14. Ohio State kills them every year, and it opened single digits. Uh, what are you seeing on this game so far? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've, we've pretty much had mostly one-way traffic on Ohio State until we got to the current market number. Um, but interestingly enough, we put this lineup first before uh, Ohio State absolutely mopped the floor with Michigan State. So we had like four and a half, which, you know, turns out not a great number. Uh, but, you know, I, I think at some point maybe Michigan's got something for Ohio State, but we'll see. Um, they, they've just always seemed to have their number in the Harbaugh era, but um, we're, we're kind of obviously going to be pulling for the Wolverines yeah. from the book side of things. I think, did you guys take a lot of action at four and a half? Uh, a decent amount. Um, nothing catastrophic. I mean, when you put up an advanced line, you know, you're not going to offer the same amount of limits you will, uh, the week yeah. of, or, or especially day of the game. So, so, but it makes sense to get that up early because people want to bet on the game, right? So somebody's going to fire somewhere. And if you take a small hit, I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine you were taking six figures uh, before the uh, Ohio State game. Definitely not. No, um, I, I think my bosses alone would probably pull me out of this office yes. if uh, I was taking six figures that far out. But uh, yeah, uh, 
you know, it's interesting. Sometimes you put things up early, uh, you don't really see action uh, that you think you might. And then other times you put it up, you get some immediately. Sometimes you'll end up getting two-way action. Uh, that ideally is what you kind of want to see where you think the number's going to lie or going to end up is kind of one of the advantages to putting a lineup early. But it doesn't necessarily always work out that way. Do you think this hits double figures uh, by kickoff? Um. No, I don't think so. I think there'd be too many sharp guys that would take the that right, would take, take the ten, because um, yeah. I, I know there's a few of them that want eight and a half, nine. So mm-hmm. I, I think they'll they'll be involved too much for too many books to uh, panic their way to move to ten. And I think if you saw a ten flash, I think it would go away pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I I cannot imagine anybody betting Michigan after what Ohio State did last week. You know, I, it was just I mean, was it forty nine nothing at halftime or something insane? Um, yeah. Buckeyes, boy, they, they look like a juggernaut. Uh, I am curious, do you have any liability on Cincinnati to make the playoff or win the national title? Uh, no, not really. Um, it limited, like, a uh, few bets here and there that I, I think in ultimately across all our states would be like a loser, but it's not substantial. Um, we we basically – we have the joke in the room that we're, we're a Georgia Bulldog book because that's <laughs> – that's pretty much all we can do really well on. Um, we, we set ourselves up for uh, Georgia. Uh, most of the like other teams that, you know, in theory would win the national title uh, aren't disasters, but we don't, we're not going to be, you know, celebrating if they win. I mean, there's really only, it's, it seems like this is anticlimactic with, with the four team playoff, right? Like I don't even know who sneaks in at this stage. Like it's gotta be Alabama, right? Uh, Oklahoma state. Maybe I don't, yeah, they're, I mean, they're, they're still in the mix for sure. Uh, we'll probably need some help. The one that I find interesting is I, I see a lot of people talking about how uh, Cincinnati goes undefeated, that they're, they're going to be over Notre Dame. I'd be very surprised, actually, just because of the prestige of Notre Dame that they might slide in front of Cincinnati. It wouldn't whoa, surprise whoa, whoa, me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You think one, win, one loss Notre Dame could leapfrog the team it lost to Cincinnati? Yeah, I mean, hey, they, they took a they took a national title spot away from my Hurricanes way back in the day against Florida State. So uh, why wouldn't they do it for the uh, uh, the fighting no Irish? Way. Right? You, you might as well just disband the group. Uh, you know, uh, half college football. Just forget it. If that's going to be the case, <laughs> right? Like you tell Cincinnati, go play people. They go play Notre Dame. They win, and then they still get shafted. I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be that shocked. That's all I'm saying. I I I think at the end they'll hopefully make the right choice and put an undefeated Cincinnati in. I I just am saying that. I, Notre Dame is such an institution in the country. It would not surprise me. Wow. Okay. All right. Let's get to the NFL, Alan. Let's focus on uh, the Sunday lineup. I got to start with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, this it, I was a little surprised that they opened less than a field goal in Indy. I'm assuming that has everything to do with Indy destroying Buffalo on the road. But um, the Buccaneers seem like the clear side. One of my favorite bets of the weekend. What are you seeing on this game? Um, we've been kind of high on the Colts, uh, pretty all, pretty much all season, uh, defensively they're, they're really well, uh, oiled machine. And, um, the only question mark that at least I've had all season was their quarterback position. Um, I think the key to the Colts offense is don't let Carson Wentz do anything and you're going to have a lot of success. <laughs> so I think if they keep that up, this is going to be a really good game. Um, that being said, the Colts have had a really easy, I think, schedule when it comes to like matchup wise. And the way the Bucks' offense is playing, I think this is definitely a huge test for them defensively. Yeah. But wait a second. Carson Wentz didn't do anything against Buffalo. I think he had 120 yards passing. There you go. And they and they hang 41 on Buffalo. <laughs> there you go. Keep the ball off his hands and good things are going to happen. Or he's going to throw picks at his own goal line. So Yeah, yeah. Um, what about – and I know the, a wide receiver is not going to be worth much. 
Um, but Antonio Brown, since he went out, it seemed like the Bucks kind of bogged down there offensively. Obviously, it coincided with Gronk and some secondary injuries. Um, it seems like Brown's going to be back maybe Sunday. Gronk, we know, is back. I'm just curious how you would rate the injuries for Tampa Bay, and, and, and maybe they've slowed the progress of the Bucks just a little bit midseason. I, I think it's definitely affected them um, just from, you know, they just had so many weapons to start the year, right? That obviously it made it that much more difficult to cover a team that Tom Brady's throwing the football. Um, but, but I think when you talk about a position like wide receiver, unless it's a, an elite guy that's not surrounded by really solid number twos and number threes or a solid tight end, those guys really aren't going to move the number very much at all. Um, there's the occasional like running back move that you might get. Like McCaffrey is a good example of a team we would maybe move point and a half, two points, and, and, and that's usually unheard of to move off running backs. Yeah. Um, another game that I, I've been looking very closely at is this Rams-Packers showdown. It, we know Matt Stafford's used to Green Bay. Uh, it doesn't seem like the weather's going to be awful, but this has swung. It, crossing through zero is not huge, but the Packers had opened as small favorites, and now it looks like the Rams are small favorites here. Um, what's the betting action like on this one? Yeah. Um, I mean, early in the week, you're usually seeing sharp action and, and, you know, they, they're showing that they, they're, they want to back the Rams from what we're seeing. Um, the, the tricky thing is you never quite know until the end of the week, if they're moving it to get the lumber to go towards the Packers so they can come back and unload on the Packers. Sometimes that happens, but I think in this case, I think the Rams might be the side. I mean, they're coming off the buy, the embarrassment to the Niners. Um, I think that that gives them kind of that, um, that extra, you know, that extra incentive in a game where this is going to matter for playoff spot. And um, I, I kind of expect the Rams to be really strong mm -hmm. in this, in this spot. It's interesting. Uh, a lot of the professional gamblers don't respect the Packers, even though they kicked their teeth in most of the season. I think they were nine and one against the spread for a minute. Yeah. Um, and then even the advanced stats don't like the Packers. DVOA has them 13th. I am curious though, why do you think that the public has gravitated toward Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? Is Because we don't think they're great. Now they've been down a lot of players defensively, but is it simply the name, the brand, Aaron Rodgers, Packers? Uh, it's a, a no, no, you don't really have to put much thought into it. You just lay the number with them. Definitely. Yeah, it's it's the brand. You know, uh, people love betting on the team and the quarterback a ton. And you saw that a lot when, you know, Tom Brady was in his last year in New England. It didn't matter who they were playing and as bad as their offensive roster was, it, it just didn't matter because they still had Tom Brady. And you, you saw it with Mahomes. I mean, they will bet the Chiefs at any number, even though, uh, you know, the kind of power ratings we had when they were kind of going through that poor swing that they had were way off of like what the market showed. So there's definitely some love uh, from the public that isn't always backed up by the stats. And I am curious on the quarterback front, you know, Russell Wilson, doesn't look like the same quarterback he was earlier this season. Seattle basically stinks now. Uh, shut out in Green Bay by like a second-tier defense and then lost to Colt McCoy at home. And their offense just isn't looking good. But is the public continuing to go to the window for Seattle? Uh, th this is the first week I've really noticed they're backing off Seattle. Oh. Um, so far, our ticket count, there's, more, there's a lot more tickets, especially parlays that are involved in Washington. So... Um, It'll be interesting to see where this one ends up as far as closing line. I, you know, I kind of wonder if, if Wilson might look better than he's looked in these previous two games. <laughs> Maybe that hand's going to be a little bit better this week. We'll, we'll see. It's funny you say that. It just is, you know how it works. Just as the public backs off, that's when Seattle's going to deliver. Who, who is the public on? I know it's early in the week. We're, we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon. Who, who is the public on for Sunday's game so far? 
the interesting one that popped out at me right off the bat was they love the Eagles big time. Um, that they so far they have the highest ticket count for us as far as uh, parlays and whatnot. So that might be one where that that could be turning into like a trap trap game type of situation that people love to say. I, I'm not a big believer in it, but every now and then I think you're you're getting kind of two teams at the opposite ends of the spectrum of where. I think if we go back four weeks from now, there's no way that the Eagles are three and a half point favorites at the Giants. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I, I've seen. I, I, I don't, again, you want to monitor the movement and the lookaheads and all that. I swear, Alan, maybe you can debunk this. It seems like the big money gamblers are on the Eagles every single week, and now the public wants to jump on. Yeah, yeah, that that does seem to be the case. There'll be a team that I think the market kind of holds as an undervalued market or an undervalued team. And uh, you'll start seeing the line shift in their direction. Um, one thing that I think most of the bookmakers would tell you is the public doesn't really move the line. It's mm-hmm. it's moved by sharp action. That's why when you look at, you know, like win bet ticket counts will pop up like on our, our feed. And you might see that the money is 90 percent on one side, but the ticket counts completely the opposite way. And you'll wonder, well, why if the money's on that side, why is the line come down? Yeah. And that's the reason. That's kind of the bat signal to uh, you may want to look closer at that game, right? <laughs> yeah, usually it's a it's a decent tool. Um, the one thing I always tell people is that as great as some of these sharp players are, I yeah. mean, they don't they don't win every time either. Yeah. And if, if we they, beat the public every week, they we wouldn't have a business. So yeah, they're based, they're still what fifty seven, maybe sixty percent. Yeah, yeah, I think it's fair. Um, you, you'll see like a couple guys will have a hell of a year every now and then, um, and then they kind of come back to earth a little bit around those marks. Yeah. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. You said you're not a big believer in, like, the trap games. I think that I would agree that's largely more of a college thing um, with the, the young kids and the teenagers. But I am curious where you are in the whole narrative of a revenge game. If you remember last year, Week 17, the Eagles tanked in the second half so that Washington could win and the Giants were going to get in the playoffs, and they then got eliminated. Um, if Joe Judge, you know, wants to keep his job, he pretty much has to win this game. I know that's a lot of like stuff that you can't really talk, bake into the line, and it's like, come on, these are professionals making a lot of money. But where do you fall on the whole like revenge narrative angle? Now you're speaking my language, man. Like, oh, okay. These are the type of things because because you know at the end of the day, like especially late in the season, the math is the math. I mean, we. Early on in the year, you're going to see like lines are way off and things don't make sense because, you know, we're basing it off of a lot of like historical data, like from last year, the previous year, new players coming in. Now you've got like, you know, 11 games that these teams have played, 10 games, whatever the number is. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff I like to look for is is once the line starts moving in against that revenge game, as you like to put it. Um, that's where I start going, well, maybe I want to get involved with the Giants here. They're coming off a horrendous loss. This is a division rival. As we've seen with division games, sometimes the team that's much worse gets the win. Mm-hmm. And they just fired their offensive coordinator. Um, I, I, I will have to confess, like an idiot, I had the Giants in, in, my, in my contest. Uh, it was like my last pick. I was like, oh, I'll go Giants, double digits, Brady at night, all that nonsense. <laughs> and, and you watch like a quarter and you're like, this game's over. The Giants look lifeless, and I think you're right, Alan. Anybody who watched that game on Monday night is going to come away with there's no way I'm touching the Giants, right? Because that's a national TV island game. You know, there's nothing else on, maybe some college hoops, but nobody's backing the Giants here. I think this is the week you want to back them just as the public races to get the Eagles, right? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're if you're making me bet the game, I'm not taking the Eagles in the spot. I'm not saying yeah. that they haven't been playing well; they definitely have. Um, but but you're right. I mean, I think this is this is a last moment for Judge to maybe you know make a case to keep his job, beating a division rival at home uh, after that embarrassing loss. Um, there seems to, again, maybe I'm wrong, and you could tell me with the ticking count in the bets, but it looks like people are betting on the Houston Texans, but the number has come off of the three meaning that there's some big money, I would assume, on the Jets. Is that a, a fair read? It looks like Zach Wilson's going to be the guy, by the way. Yeah, I think I think that one was a little bit more on the basis of the Wilson move, um, okay. just knowing that he was going to play. Um, I'm not seeing, honestly, a whole lot of action in that game. I think when, once you get into this like Week 12 area and you know two teams are bad, you kind of got to hold your nose if you're going to take either side of this and yeah. not be surprised if you take the L either way. Uh, have you seen a bigger adjustment on any team this season from the start to now than the New England Patriots? Uh, no, they probably uh, they probably got to be the one. I, I know, like the Eagles, kind of midseason, they were getting kind of far out there in the odds um, as far as like to win the division, Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, and they've been going on a run, and then their schedule looks pretty good at the end of the year. But um, yeah, New England, with how well they've kind of put together the offense, just to make things comfortable for Mac Jones, and that defense is rated really high. Um, it's crazy to look at that Titans line. And I mean, if, you know, the Titans were healthy, <laughs> there's no way it's six and a half. And I'm sure they were favored uh, maybe on the road in that game, but at the start of the year. Yeah. It, it, is this one where if it touches seven, you see instant buyback on, on the Titans? I, I think, well, you're, you're going to see sevens. They're starting to pop up already. Mm. So, um, but, I, but I definitely think that we'll see a couple sharp guys get involved at that number. And I don't, I don't want to hammer away at the trap look ahead thing, but New England just watched Tennessee lose to Houston, uh, arguably one of the worst teams, well, maybe the worst team in the league outside of Detroit. And, uh, oh, yeah, New England has Buffalo next week in a massive divisional game. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't imagine Belichick getting caught. He's too good to get caught in a look-ahead. But what about his players? I mean, he's got a rookie quarterback, a uh, lot of free agents who haven't won before anywhere else, and now they come in here. I, I, is that something that could apply here? And, and maybe there's some value on the Titans? Sure. I, I think so. I think it's seven. It's an interesting bet. Um, you know, you play that bad against a division rival. I mean, I'm sure that's kind of kind of sparked the locker room. Vrabel doesn't seem like a guy that's going to take a beating like that laying down and not really work his team pretty hard this week in practice. And he knows what he's getting into with Belichick. So yeah, seven seems like a pretty good play. Um, you know, as far as the look ahead, I mean, I think you're, you hit it dead on. I don't think Belichick teams would be necessarily looking ahead to next week, but um, you know, it's a big game for them. So maybe yeah. there's some some people in that roster that are, are going to be thinking about Buffalo. Uh, I am really, really interested by this San Francisco Minnesota game. Probably a game I don't want to bet because these two teams are you know schizophrenic essentially, uh, yeah. and Zimmer loves to find ways to lose games and. You know, Kyle Shanahan is a favorite, is a nightmare. Uh, what are you seeing on this game? Any action, or is it, is it about as 50-50 as you can get? Yeah, that one that one have been two-way pretty much thus far. Um, nothing nothing too crazy. We, we opened minus three uh, even money on the Niners, and we're sitting three minus 20. So minor action that made us move the juice up a little bit. Um, but I, I kind of feel like it's not going to close too far away from that number. Just maybe three and a half juiced or, or a little bit come back to three. Uh, I want to ask you finally about a team that uh, isn't playing this week and Arizona Cardinals. Uh, you know, Kyler Murray's missed several games now. They did win a couple without him with Colt McCoy. 
Kyler should be fully healed from the high ankle sprain. I am curious is if you guys have a lot of exposure with them to win the Super Bowl or, uh, I don't know, I mean, even get to the Super Bowl. It, it still doesn't seem like people are taking them seriously yet. Yeah, I mean, I really think they should. Um, we, we definitely have some exposure. Uh, Arizona oh. is one of the states we're in, uh, and, and it's one of our most popular states. So uh, we'll, we'll be cashing a few Super Bowl tickets down there if uh, Kyler Murray gets them all the way. But, you know, I, I think they have to start taking this team seriously. I mean, they're winning games, like you said, with Colt McCoy at quarterback. When you're doing things like that, that means it's not just Kyler Murray, and you put him back in that lineup, and I think they're they're getting to where they're they might be pretty special. Mm, interesting. Oh, I forgot there was one other team. I just because I, I I I'm obsessed with this team and uh, the highs and lows. The Cleveland Browns. Um, I, I I they've killed me all season. They killed me last week with uh with the Detroit result. I, I don't know what to make of them. Uh, if Baker is injured, uh, he says he's beat up, but they still keep playing him. Is there going to be a lot of movement on this line against Baltimore on the road? Um, it's an interesting one. We we opened this one five. Browns plus four and a half. Now we're sitting at three and a half. Uh, when they announced Lamar is, is probable, uh, no real move came, which I, I found interesting. I, I don't think the number's necessarily far off. I had about four and a half uh, with Lamar. So... Can you talk me through what it's like in in your room there? Is a, you guys have like a a dream team that you have together, and you're like, all right, you know, Joe Joe uh, Joe Sharp guy laid fifty on Cleveland. What do we what do we have to do here? I mean, three and a half is that low in the market? Uh, no, we're pretty much at market now. Um, okay. We we were kind of out a little bit because we we kind of liked Baltimore in this spot. Uh, but you know, when you get a good a good solid sharp player to come through and tell you, no, there's actually some value with the Browns here. We, we'll traditionally respect it and get to the market number. Um, and uh, Lamar Jackson's illness. How did that fare for you guys last week? Because uh, I know the opening number, they definitely didn't cover, but it sounds like they did cover the closing number when it was, he was officially out. Yeah. The, that was a bit of a mess for us. Um, the, the injury bug and uh, trying to deal with the sharp action coming in. Uh, we took a couple bets on the bears, a plus six and a half that we didn't really want. Uh, obviously covered that spread. So uh, that can get very tricky, man, when there's that late-breaking news like that. I, yeah. Uh, it's fun to deal with. The, the quarterback <laughs> stuff has just been wild this year, Alan. All right, uh, and any final thoughts you want to toss in on uh, looking forward? If if someone came up to you uh, this weekend over Thanksgiving break, Alan, hey, man, I got an extra 100. Who should I put it on to win the Super Bowl? And, and who, who you got for me? That, that's been the million-dollar question to me. Um, I've been joking <laughs> it feels around. wide open, right? Yeah, I've been joking around. I said, I feel like the team that, that rolls into the playoffs, the hottest team in football, is probably going to win the whole thing. I, I just don't think there's a, a team that's a complete uh, football team that can just, you know, go the distance. I mean, the Bucks seem to have some flaws. The Colts definitely have flaws. The Patriots are – I mean, they – you know, are they going to win a shootout if they get into one in the playoffs with all the quarterbacks they got to go through? I, I don't know. It's, it's I, what about what about just the healthiest team? I mean, <laughs> I mean Green Bay yeah. is still down like four starters. Yeah. Tampa's been missing guys all over the place. Mm-hmm. I, I want. I just wonder. Like, I know that nobody really likes the Packers except the public, but I do wonder if once they're fully healthy with the offensive line, Bakhtiari gets back. Are they maybe the best team with Aaron Rodgers and, and one of the better stories in sports, given the year Rodgers has had? Get me the hell out of here. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm vaccinated. No, I'm not. You know, any value in the Packers going forward? Yeah, I think so. I, I think they're the closest probably to having a complete roster at the moment as far as on both sides of the ball. Um, 
they they definitely got the story that's for sure yeah um yeah. you know I, I i have a hard time still going away from the bucks i i'm just mm. tom brady just keeps proving over and over again that you doubt him and he's just going to make you pay for it so if i are you know twist my arm i'd still go with tampa all right what are, what's tampa at as we look at it today on uh wednesday the thanksgiving eve uh to win the, the super bowl to win the super bowl uh shoot off the top of my head I think we have six to one. Let me check real quick. Oh, that's not a bad payday. Yeah, I mean, on ta- I mean, geez, that's uh, that's not bad. Five fifty plus five fifty. We're, I mean, you know, you've got the Rams at seven to one, the Chiefs at seven to one, the Bills at seven fifty, the Cardinals at eight to one, the Packers at nine to one. I mean, it's a logjam. Like, there's no one that's yeah. Aaron really Rodgers nine themselves. to one. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And and you know. I, I don't know, even if Tampa gets home field advantage, I know they're good at home, they smash the bad teams, but it it feels like of all those teams you just mentioned, the biggest home field advantage would be Lambeau, right? Yeah. yeah and no, of course, they lost last year at Lambeau <laughs> to Brady. Uh, you know, the cornerback got picked on. Desmond King, maybe? Is that his? Maybe I'm... Kevin King? Yep, yep. Yeah, they were just picking on him. Um, all right, anyways, Alan, hey, thanks a lot for the time, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. I right, appreciate it, Jason. Thanks. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The only thing better than sitting on your couch watching the game is making money while you do it. Here's your best bet. Great stuff from Alan Berg at WinBet. Uh, Hopefully you guys can use some of what he said to your advantage this weekend. On the gambling front, um, college football, I don't have a ton of picks this week. Uh, obviously, uh, I've talked about it at length. Thanksgiving is a difficult week for the gambling, uh, just simply because, you know, of all the Thanksgiving hoopla, family, friends, uh, off my schedule, my routine of going through all the games and the injuries and the injury reports and the beat writers and everything. You can't do everything in the granular fashion, but I, I, I it's hard pressed for me not to like Ohio State. I just don't see how you could pick up against against them here. Uh, Harbaugh's history, Stroud's hotness. I mean, Ohio State's just on fire the last couple weeks. Maybe Michigan looks good for a half and fights hard, but I, I just can't see it. Now, Penn State did look pretty good against Ohio State, hung around, hung around, and then eventually caved. By the way, uh, on a side note, I do like Penn State this weekend against Michigan State. Uh, I took Penn State favored by two. Um, against Michigan State. Franklin staying, Mel Tucker staying, but Michigan State coming off a really, really rotten loss. We know they're going to a good bowl game. Penn State going to end strong here now that they're keeping Franklin. Uh, I like Penn State. So I, I'll take Ohio State. I'll take Penn State. A couple other random bets. Uh, Dan Mullins, see ya. Give me the Gators <laughs> against Florida State in the big rivalry game. That's going up. It looks like it could hit three by game time. I got the two and a half. Uh, I took Washington Small against Wazoo in a rivalry game. A lot of good rivalry matchups this weekend. And from the obscure files, New Mexico getting 17. Go ahead. uh, Have fun with it. And Colorado State, if you can get a four, great. Looks like it's headed down to three against Nevada in a really good game. Uh, Those are the college football. But the NFL is where I've been really, really doing well lately. In the Fox column, three and one the last two weeks. And I don't love a ton this week. Obviously, I uh, you know we talked about the Bills on Thursday Night Football. That was an easy winner. Uh, first half, full game, everything. Uh, cakewalk for the Bills to bounce back. Still don't think they're great, especially this Tredavious White injury is really bad news long term. But a nice win for the Bills. Good cover. Uh, cashing for all of us. Um, so the bets that I've made as of you know right now, Friday morning, uh, the Rams. I took the Rams on the road in Green Bay. 
fairly strong play. I would say it's almost certainly going to be in my contest. It, Packers opened his favorites, but the injuries are mounting. The offensive line is really beat up. Aaron Rodgers still complaining about his toe. And you guys know what the Rams do up front. They get pressure on the quarterbacks. And yes, they have Devontae Adams healthy, but the Jalen Ramsey factor, I don't know if I trust many guys outside of Devontae against the Rams defense. The Rams are a better defense than the Vikings, that's for sure. And I think the Rams defense shows up, and I would not be surprised if Stafford had one of those games like, oh, he's a really good quarterback. That's right. They were 7-1, and one and he was getting MVP love. So I, I took the Rams at Pickham. Looks like it's one now. I can't imagine that they're going to be two-point favorites in Lambeau. Uh, and, and listen, nobody's ever made money betting against Aaron Rodgers at home. I did it last week with the Vikings. I'm going back to the well. I, I like this Packers team. I think they'll be better going forward, but I don't like this spot. The other team um, that I came in on for sure is Tampa. Remember, I talked about it early in the week. I had looked at India. I was like, ooh, this is a good matchup. And then you just see this Quinton Nelson injury, and it sounds like he's definitely not going to play. Uh, Quinton Nelson, go look what happened when he was down earlier in the season. He missed a couple games, and the run game was rattled. They missed him against the Ravens, and it was like Garson Wentz game. They were like, oh, we can't run without Nelson. Um, so let's throw to Taylor out of the backfield a ton. And they basically went with Carson Wentz. He hasn't thrown for over 275 yards except once against the Ravens without Nelson. A lot of quick passes, um, a lot of play action. And can Carson Wentz do that against Tampa? I don't really care if it's at home. We've seen that home field advantage, guys, doesn't mean much. I mean, the Superdome uh, last night, taken out of it instantly by the Bills. Like home field advantage, Dallas, lose to the Raiders. Dallas, lose to Denver. Like just forget about home field. This idea, if anything, is Tampa with with that very, very good wide receiver group. And it sounds like no Antonio Brown, but, but Godwin's healthy. Evans is fine. Gronk is back. I think this offense is going to really hum. I would not be surprised if there's a big Gio Bernard game for Tampa, assuming he's healthy. I haven't seen him or heard his name much lately. But this seems like one of those, hey, Colts are going to change it up. There's no way they're going to sit back in their zone against Brady. He will pick them apart too easily. I the Eberflus is going to have to change something up. I, their their DNA does not include a lot of blitzing, and they're they're very susceptible in the middle of the field. Um, some of those next gen stats say they're susceptible in the middle. Where guess where Brady makes all his money in the middle of the field. Um, so you look at some of the football outsider stuff and the uh, next gen stats, and this just does not look like a good matchup for the Colts, especially if Nelson's out. By the way, Vita Vea back for Tampa on that defensive line, and you know Tampa looked good on Monday Night Football, putting away the Giants fairly easily. And you just wonder, if they win this, will everybody say, boom, that's the team that's the Super Bowl favorite this season? Because we've bounced around many teams. Nobody's really separated themselves, including Tampa. A couple weeks ago, I had the loss to Washington. A lot of injuries. I like Tampa this week to go into Indy and win on the road. Um, I, I don't know if it'll be easy, but I, I just have a feeling that Indy is overvalued because of that win over the Bills. Remember, so many people just bet on what they just saw, you know? Oh, gosh, come on, Dallas Cowboys, they stink against Denver. I don't know, I'm going to bet Atlanta, and what does Dallas do to Atlanta? And then what happens the following week? You guys can't read too much into what you just saw. Just That's one of the reasons I like the Bills a lot um, against the Saints, and I, I like Tampa a lot here um, uh, against the Indianapolis Colts. So those are two for sure. If you're looking for a teaser, I think the Patriots will be in every teaser, right? Six and a half, tease that down a half a point. They're at home against Tennessee. The Titans are scrambling. They add Golden Tate. They cut Adrian Peterson. Like, I don't, I mean, this is where they're reaching for offense. And by the way, I looked at 
Tannehill's numbers. And I'm embarrassed. I said like three weeks ago, hey, he's playing. Maybe he's got to be an MVP contention, you know? He's got 13 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. Like he's been very, he had four picks against the Texans last week. Like, come on. I, I don't I don't know. Tennessee's going to have to win this with this defense. I don't see that happening. So I would tease down the Patriots. Um, I think you tease up the Vikings against San Fran. You remember the Vikings have played 10 games. Nine of them have been a touchdown or less. That's what they do. I, I, San Fran has played well the last two weeks. I'm sure they're going to take a lot of money here. Remember, a lot of the big professionals, the wise guys, the gamblers, they like San Francisco a lot earlier this season. They like Philly. They've rode them both. Now, San Fran's getting healthier. They've got two nice wins in their pocket the last couple weeks. And I think they're loading up here. This was two and a half. It looks like it's headed toward three and a half. It's a juice three right now. Uh, give me Minnesota and a teaser. And I would also tease Teddy Covers, Teddy Bridgewater, up from two and a half to eight and a half. Uh, Chargers, they don't put anybody away. The inability to finish teams and put their foot on their throat and really choke them out, they just can't do that. You saw it against the Steelers with the block punt and then the freaky interception and the leaky run defense. Like they just, they don't know how to finish yet. Uh, Justin Herbert obviously can and is is capable, but he's still a young quarterback. And the coaching staff is very young there. So I would tease up Denver at home. You give me eight and a half, I'll take it. I know they've laid some eggs at home. Um, they were, it, it was closer against Philly than that final score showed. Remember, they were marching down for the, uh, tying touchdown in the final moments of the third quarter. They're in the red zone. And there's a fumble, and big play Slay takes it 83 yards the other way for a touchdown. So it goes from, oh, we're about to tie the game to we're down 14. And that was all she wrote. Teddy's not really built to come back from a big one. Uh, and they also laid an egg against, I forget, it was, uh, the Ravens. That's right. I had I had them at home against the Ravens earlier this year. It's funny how we always remember the losses. Um, so that, that would be a teaser that I'm interested in. I also like, I'm looking at, for the contest, Atlanta, but they're taking money. It looks like it's up to two. I'm looking at Carolina as well. Um, I'm going to stay away from Eagles-Giants. If you guys heard the Allen Berg talk, I know some of you just fast-forward for the picks. Just go back and listen to that. This is a bit of a trap. If you take the Eagles, just know what you're getting into, okay? Um, and those are pretty much the, I'm not touching this um, Ravens-Browns game, just too much wackiness, and I know a lot of people are going to want to take Washington as they opened up as a dog at home to Seattle, and that has now flipped in Washington's favor. Seattle does stink, but he does still have Russell Wilson. This is not a divisional game. I'm, I don't think I'm taking the bait here. I cannot take the bait and take Washington. I think that's what they want you to do. I mean, you can look up anything on Russell Wilson, Monday Night Football, Pete Carroll, primetime games, like... I know you can throw some of that out because they don't have that good of a team, but I just don't want to get in front of any of that nonsense. So this is a tough week. If you didn't lock up the Buffalo Bills and Survivor and and get out of that Thursday like I did, well, I'm sorry for your luck, but uh, there's always next week. I will talk to you Monday.